Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, your Friday night. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is your Friday night edition of the Sea Report. We're doing it again live tonight. Yes, sirree, Bob. On this uh, December 3rd, 2021. Brand new news, not news, some news. Oh, it's news. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, tuning in once again and joining us on this momentous uh, day of the week. That is the final day of the week. And now the weekend is here and uh, not much will change. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we have quite a show for you tonight. For those of you who just cannot take it anymore, yes, we will be talking about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell tonight. All right. Faith in humanity, ladies and gentlemen, can once again be restored as we will uh, talk a little bit about the uh, trial of the century that is the biggest trial this side of the millennia so far and to date. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. Look forward to that most definitely. Uh, we will be discussing the heinous crimes of choosing to wear highlights and uh, glisteny makeup on a freshly sunburned-faced Galen. For shame, for shame, Galen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys are having a great Friday evening, ready for a little bit, a little spot of news that we have to share with you guys today. Uh, like I said, uh, we will be talking Ghislaine Maxwell, we will be talking the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, and we'll be talking a few other things as well, first of all. Uh, welcome to the Sea Report. We are coming to you live on multiple fronts, including, including, ladies and gentlemen, Twitch.tv, CloutHub, TheFoxhole.app, Pill.net, Trovo, and uh, DLive as well as YouTube tonight. Uh, but we're going to do the same thing that we did last night with YouTube. Uh, I think that was rather successful. Because after all, there are certain, there are just certain realities that uh, the people over there at YouTube just uh, don't seem to um, uh, 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 jive with. So, uh, you know, in, in honor of that um, uh, tedious and rather annoying habit of theirs, uh, we're just not going to play the rest of the show there. Tonight, uh, we do have a story tonight, actually, that won't jive with YouTube or Susano over there. Little Lazy Susan, you see, ladies and gentlemen, uh, doesn't like it when you uh, talk about election integrity or election fraud. Um, there's no other way to put it, ladies and gentlemen, to be quite honest. There is no other way to put it. But uh, yeah, we have, a, we have an election integrity, election fraud story to share with you guys today. I think it's going to be rather fun. This one, again, coming out of Wisconsin. Uh, again, out of Wisconsin. And believe it or not, it's not the same story. This one's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, when you uh, jump back and look at all of the other, um, uh, how you say, uh, cases of fraud. 
and all of the other storylines coming out of these various places around America where we saw fraud happening uh, quite crazy, ladies and gentlemen, the amounts of fraud, the different types of fraud, the varying, not even varying degrees of fraud, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the diverse amount of ways <laughs> that they stole this election. Like, if there was any way that you could think of to steal an election, they employed it for this uh, <laughs> this go-round. Oh my goodness, you know, and, and the cast of characters, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, coming out of these election fraud stories, even though the fraud is quite similar in some places and in in some places it is uh, quite dissimilar. Um, The cast of characters, the motives, uh, you know, the subterfuges, all the uh, little, uh, you know, all of the little details, right? Uh, they, They kind of pan out to the same thing depending on what case you're talking about, right? Like, we can have uh, ghost voters in Arizona and in Wisconsin and in Georgia and most likely in Texas also, right? We can do that, for sure. Uh, but when you got, uh, you got um, uh, rhino, rhino uh, legislature trying to head these things up like they're doing in Pennsylvania right now, Right, like Pennsylvania and now Wisconsin. Boy, we've seen uh, Speaker Robin Voss talk at nauseum about actually having some type of forensic audit. He's done four. They found nothing yet, Robin Voss. Friend of Paul Ryan. <laughs> Rhino Supreme. Yeah, well, nothing's happening. Uh, but now something's happening. So, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's something to be said about timing on that front. Maybe not. Uh, unfortunately, if you are hanging out over there on YouTube, you're not going to get to hear that story. So I would uh, highly recommend you switch on over to one of the other platforms. Uh, you know, pretty good, pretty good audience, uh, by your side. If you were to go over to the foxhole.app or pill.net, uh, I don't think they would mind if you chewed your popcorn loudly over there. (laughs) But nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, if you are at a loss, you can always hop on over to thecreport.com and you can find one of those live streaming platforms to check out the show. Wanted to give a quick uh, head nod actually over to Clout Hub. Um, uh, I was actually quite surprised at the number of views that, uh, this channel gets over there at Clout Hub. So, uh, to any of you, uh, watching over there at Clout Hub, if you're checking us out live, howdy do. And, um, if you are checking out a replay, thank you for, uh, watching the show. And I hope you enjoy it. Feel free to leave comments, uh, share this, uh, broadcast uh, we're going to keep on doing what we're doing, but uh, glad that we're uh, perking up some attention over there at Clout Hub. Hails, Clout Hub. How do you do? Uh, they're going to be like, Hails, what is this guy? A racist? He's a neo-Nazi Mexican gay man. Right. <laughs> Whatever are we going to do, ladies and gentlemen? Whatever are we going to do? 
Alright guys, before we get going into today's uh, story, don't forget we will be talking about Ghislaine Maxwell, tell your friends. For those of you who uh, are trying to uh, catch up and or just want to hear a little bit more about this trial, since we are uh, being denied our uh, court TV rights to watch the proceedings, um, we, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yes, oh yes, 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 that's what we're going to do, uh, uh, let you know uh, whose tonight's stories are being brought to you by. We've got quite a few, uh, because let me tell you, uh, when I opened up uh, one of my laptops uh, that I work on this show for, uh, this is like senseless blither blather, but uh, I opened a um, I opened a window, right, a tab, right, and all of these, of course, you know, uh, little windows pop up, uh, and I was like, well, lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we have tonight's show. It appears a few days ago, uh, dear old President 45, one President Donald Trump, went on a statement tirade. Yeah, we had like five or six statements in one day, okay? So I was like, ah, we have tonight's show. Tonight's show is going to be pretty interesting. It's going to be framed off of the body politic, otherwise known as the skeleton gateway. (laughs) known as the boss's statements. Yeah, I'm just being very poetic right now. I apologize. Uh, But tonight's stories, ladies and gentlemen, come from a slew of different media. We have the Gateway Pundit, The Sun, The Washington Examiner, Blaze Media, Bloomberg, The Daily Beast, Reuters, Fox News, The Daily Mail, UK, The Milwaukee Journal, Sentinel, USA Today, CBS Chicago, The Epoch Times. I don't make this stuff up myself, my friends, but uh, we do have a lot of Trump statements that we are going to be reviewing today. I think uh, some of these will be entertaining, ladies and gentlemen. They usually uh, they usually entertain me. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, jump right into it. See if you guys uh, catch any of these vibes here. Oh, gah! We're not even jumping into it yet, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So sorry, ladies and gentlemen. According to my next screen here, I'm going to talk to you about the wonders of Anchor.fm and the Sea Report. Gah, I'm just, I am ready to get to the news, and yet here I have to talk about the podcast. (laughs) Uh, But if you are on the podcast side, ladies and gentlemen, you know, make sure you check us out on the live stream. If you are watching us at the Foxhole, or Pilled, or Twitch, or Clout Hub, or even Trovo, or DLive, you know, and you'll want to take the show on the go, just head over to our podcast. Uh, Actually, I have this web page up here to uh, help the uh, live streamers become a little bit more familiar. This is anchor.fm slash the C report. Okie dokie. All right. You can subscribe for free or you can follow us on any of these uh, listed podcast platforms. They have Apple podcasts, uh, breaker, Google podcast, go ogle podcast is more like it. Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, 
You can RSS this podcast. That would be cool if you had your own website or blog and you just need like a news filler here. Uh, there you go. Anchor.fm slash The C Report. You can also support the podcast by clicking on that button and becoming a monthly contributor to uh, help sustain future episodes, uh, whether that's 99 cents or 9.99, every bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. Can you believe that? That's what was next on the agenda. That's right, while we're doing the free YouTube airtime, right? This is the free YouTube airtime, ladies and gentlemen. Free YouTube airtime. Uh, you know, also in case you're interested or in case any of you all happen to have social media, we know it's a dying breed. We know it is, uh, it's basically, uh, you know, um, obsolete. But uh, we have our own here at the Sea Report. We do have a Twitter page in case anyone uh, tweets or uh, wants to uh, get involved that way with the Sea Report. It's uh, at the Sea Report over there at Twitter. I'll go ahead and expand that for you guys also. Just in case we try and update this regularly. Really just created, look at that. We are brand new babies with seven followers, ladies and gentlemen. Over at the Sea Report, look at, this is one of the stories we'll be talking about tonight. Wisconsin's election integrity investigator seeks to jail two Democrat mayors. We can say no more because we are live on uh, YouTube. But uh, once we turn YouTube off, we'll talk all about this topic tonight. I think you guys will be quite interested in that. Of course, ladies and gentlemen... With all of the distractions going on out there, why not get a little bit more distracted with the Sea uh, Report on Instagram? <laughs> we just opened this page also. That is the dot Sea Report or the period Sea Report. If you'd like to follow us over there on Instagram, look at us. We're just doing a whole barrage of shameless plugs here while we're still live on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> Just started this one, ladies and gentlemen. Just started this one. So if you're looking, uh, you know, we'll be uh, we'll be sharing memes and uh, images mostly about the stories that we share here online. Uh, don't got this one to share with you guys today, but oh, cripes. Well, it is uh, the report if you're over at Instagram. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I think we did it. I think we did it. That's what I was supposed to do. Okay, now, ladies and gentlemen, we can begin to speak about President Trump's statements. Are you ready? I think you're ready, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us again. Looks like we got uh, Monkey Toes, Curious Cat, Sherry Pittsburgh in the house. Tam Grell. Tam Grell also uh, donating a uh, phone. Thank goodness. Good news. Please need it. Tam Grell. We will deliver news with a, uh, a good, positive perspective for you tonight. How about that, my friend? Monkey Toe says there's a show on ID Channel called Chasing Ghislaine. Yes, we uh, absolutely read a carefully placed advertisement yesterday <laughs> for that very show. Uh, coming out on, I guess that is the, uh, what, the Discovery Channel, isn't it? Right? So they can see how uh, pedophile Satanist baby eaters do it like they do it on uh, 
you got it, ladies and gentlemen, the Discovery Channel. Yeah, they, they're definitely capitalizing off of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial of this side of the century. Good evening, casual GG. How's it going? How's it going tonight? How's it going tonight? All right, friends. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being present. Uh, eternal gratitude to thee. I will do. We'll do one Trump statement before we shut off uh, YouTube. How does that sound? Uh, because we 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 we're not fond of the likes of YouTube here. Uh, where we are, ladies and gentlemen, where we stand, you know, YouTube knows what YouTube did. Susanno knows what Susanno did. All right. So we'll, we'll do one President Trump statement and then we're going to shut you down, YouTube. So if you are joining us over there in the realm of YouTube Susanno, then I tell ye now, get the hints over to uh, thecreport.com and find another live streaming platform to enjoy tonight's festivities. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get this first President Trump statement out of the way. See what he has to say. Okay, don't forget, you know, this was on a long sleeve of tabs. And I just knew that this was tonight's show. Let's see what President Trump has to say. Dated November 30th, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about four days ago or so. Oh my goodness. Old crow Mitch McConnell, who is getting beaten on every front by the radical left Democrats since giving them a two-month delay, which allowed them to get their act together must be fully prepared to use the debt ceiling in order to totally kill the Democrats' new social spending wasting bill, which will change our country forever. Mitch and the Republican senators senators had them beaten but didn't know it, and we ended up with the infrastructure bill, which is only 11% infrastructure worse he allowed a splitting of the bills with 19 votes, including himself, which makes the Dems' path for the even worse bill a much easier one. Use the debt ceiling, Mitch. Show strength and courage. Our country is being destroyed. And we all know how that story ends, ladies and gentlemen, with good old cocaine Mitch. Once again, showing his true colors, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what is it about Mitch McConnell, huh? I mean, this is a valid question to ask, ladies and gentlemen. Good old cocaine Mitch McConnell. And, uh... We, we have not even examined why they call him Cocaine Mitch. Maybe we'll do that sooner than you think. But what is it about this man? The uh, supposed minority leader. Oh, wait, that's not him. My bad. That's uh, totally somebody else. Aha, aha, aha. Yeah, Mitch. Cocaine Mitch. You know, just looking at this man... You just, you have to wonder, is he 
miserable beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, the man, okay, we know forever and for always has been a rhino. Okay, we know this. This is nothing that surprises us. This is nothing that is being brought. Is brand new to the table. Okay. Uh, was, was somewhat of a thorn in the side of President Trump during his administration. Okay. Uh, uh, was clearly, clearly a little left of center, I would say. Uh, what do you suppose they have on this man? Do you think they have something on this man? Or do you think he's just that good at being bad, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, that uh, every single time this man stops for a photo opportunity, he looks like he is in miserable pain, ladies and gentlemen. And now, yes... If you are joining us on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, you are missing a photo homage to uh, <laughs> Cocaine Mitch. Yeah, Monkey Toe says he's a puss. Sean Joe says he's a turtle. Mm, I could see the turtle look. But every, every single photo, this man, okay, like, is he, is he this miserable Every single picture he takes, he's like, well, yep, they got my tail whooped. Like, I, Mitch McConnell, like, knowingly, <laughs> knowingly, he knowingly knows they are taking a picture of him, and yet he refuses to smile for the camera. Ladies and gentlemen, why are we doing a photo requiem of Mitch McConnell? Ladies and gentlemen, every picture... This man takes, he looks like, uh, he knows his time has come. He looks like, yes, uh, the pond is far away on this hot, hot, hot and dry day. And he, as the rhino turtle, with a uh, heavy shell that weighs him down because of every lie and uh, crooked deed and deal he has made... As a rhino, he is amongst the biggest, largest rhino turtles. And he won't quite make it to that watery oasis before he uh, dries up and, uh, you know, uh, becomes dust, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, He's like, well, is that the look of his constituents in his eyes? Nah... He probably doesn't care, right, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) He probably does not give two shakes of a rat's tail about his constituents, this uh, good old cocaine Mitch. I'm telling you guys, every single picture, this man is just... He looks like he is eternally constipated, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) He looks like a distressed Jackie Blue says, yes, he looks very distressed. Uh, He looks like I've felt for the last three or four weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, Jackie Blue, thank you for uh, donating the can over there. Uh, What is it with this man? Is he under duress or do you think he's just, you know, he is the, do you think he's the smoothest crime boss? Do you think he is the Colonel? Do you think he's like, I'm Billy Miller? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, is this Billy Miller? He's here to take down the Colonel, Colonel Sanders. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 
Or I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I mean, look. (laughs) This man is never happy. (laughs) He looks like a Muppet. (coughs) You're missing out on all the fun if you are on the podcast side tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Otherwise, welcome. Okay, so there is quite the possibility, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, Mitch McConnell, he just might know something that we don't know. He just might know something that we don't know. Do you think, ladies and gentlemen, do you think Mitch McConnell puts his fingers in the cookie jar? Do you think he smacks those fingers as he walks away content that he has contaminated everyone's choice dessert? Ladies and gentlemen, Mitch McConnell, one of the oldest rhinos in the book. It's rhino hunting season. Dare we say it? Uh, Do you think, guys? Do you think Mitch McConnell is just uh, a sleazy, sly, smooth talker who's uh, pulled one over on us by always appearing miserable? Or do you think he is just as evil as we may have always thought him to be? Who, ladies and gentlemen, allows a photo like this to go out other than someone who is utterly evil? He's like, I will, uh, I will tongue you with my dry, (laughs) non-existent lips forever when we are trapped in hell together. Can you imagine a dry, pasty tongue? Of Mitch McConnell just <laughs> forever, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mitch, cocaine Mitch. Yeah, he's definitely corrupt, ladies and gentlemen. We had to do a little bit of a uh, requiem with uh, Mr. Mitch McConnell tonight. Um, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Okay. Yes, we all know what happened with Mitch McConnell. We all know what happened with uh, this debt ceiling issue. We all know what happened with closing government. We all know it didn't happen. Before we address that... (laughs) Sorry, you guys. (laughs) You guys are just seeing the part about the tongue and Mitch McConnell. Anyway... (laughs) That is hilarious, guys. That's I, I apologize. I didn't mean to be so graphic. Uh, why does Mr. C call Cocaine Mitch Cocaine Mitch? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> okay. So inquiring minds got off their duff and they went to uh, one DDG. Wait. Yeah. Duck, duck, go. We went to DDG instead of go o goal. And uh, we found out a story about Cocaine Mitch and uh, why some people call him that, in case you didn't know. Mitch McConnell's not-safe-for-work nickname, Cocaine Mitch, has resurfaced after President Donald Trump supporters lashed out at the top Republican on Twitter for congratulating Joe Biden on his election win. Uh, Let the record note that I have called Cocaine Mitch for a much longer time prior to uh, December 15th, 2020. Okay, Uh, but yeah, cartel congressman Cocaine Mitch. 
Oh boy, Daddy, I can't wait for the clickbait. Okay, uh, it says here, uh, there's Cocaine Mitch. Uh, the 78-year-old, uh, he doesn't look too bad for a 78-year-old, right? Uh, could explain the dry tongue. Uh, but the 78-year-old politician isn't a cocaine dealer, but a former GOP Senate candidate, candidate falsely insinuated that McConnell trafficked cocaine as part of the uh, the Arkansas uh, Dixie Mafia. I don't doubt it. No, it says here, as part of a racist attack on the senator's family in 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, Cocaine Mitch made some t-shirts out of this attack. That shows Mitch as a cartel member. You you have to know. Could you imagine Cocaine Mitch walking around all a uh, thug life with this shirt? Right? And look at this. There's even Parmesan all over the shirt. <laughs> they printed Parmesan on the shirt, ladies and gentlemen. Because uh, Mitch McConnell is just that gangster. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, okay, let's uh, hop over to this Gateway Pundit article, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, we're not there to look at that. Senate passes stopgap funding bill in 69 to 28 vote averts government shutdown. Here are the 19 Republicans, including Cocaine Mitch. Who voted with the Dems, ladies and gentlemen. This is exactly what President Trump was just talking about in his November 30th statement. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we've been making fun of Cocaine Mitch. This is why we've been doing a retrospect on the misery and distressed faces that he always seems to be making. Uh, let's see what this article saith, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what it says. We already know what happened. The Senate Thursday evening passed the stopgap funding bill. Yup, 69 to 28 until February 18th. On or about the time that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's trial will be ending. Ladies and gentlemen, as we have already established. Okay, we'll skip this. We'll skip that. Senator Mike Lee held a vote on an amendment to prohibit federal money being used to fund Biden's vaccine mandates, but it failed 48 to 50. Senator Minority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, stopped a showdown in the upper chamber by convincing enough Republicans to vote for the stopgap bill without making changes. Can you guess who might have voted for that, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, you'll recognize a lot of these names, of course. It is rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen, and we should absolutely be grateful when these individuals uh, put themselves out there for us to identify them. They're making our job easier, so let's be a little bit of thankful that these rhinos are coming out to play, ladies and gentlemen, to show us who they really are. They're not centrists. They're not middle of the aisle. They're not... Uh, this is not bipartisanhood, ladies and gentlemen, when you have socialist and progressive agendas moving forward at the push of their pen and the uh, expense of the American taxpayer. I'm pretty sure uh, I have uh, grounds to say such things. 
We got Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Shelley Capito, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins. All of the usual suspects we could have expected here, guys. John Cornyn, Senator of Texas, uh, founder of, uh, uh, was it Juneteenth? John Cornyn, ladies and gentlemen, biggest rhino. Should be the easiest to take down, right? Lindsey Graham, Cindy Hyde-Smith, John Kennedy, Cocaine Mitch McConnell, Jerry Morgan, uh, Moran, uh, Elisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Mike Rounds, Marco Rubio, Richard Shelby, Tom Tillis, Roger Wicker, Todd Young. I mean, really, guys, any of these people, it's a no-brainer. A no-brainer where we should uh, where we should stand and or sit what side of the line with these people, guys. You know, uh, people might have thought Lindsey Graham was pretty courageous back in 2016. Uh, but this man has proven time and time again to be a, uh, a, a, a lily-livered rhino with no spine, ladies and gentlemen. What is that, uh, what is that one, uh, nickname that they gave him? Flimsy Lindsey? Yeah. Um, flimsy Lindsay. Marco Rubio, a lot of people try and put a lot of hope back in that boy. I never trusted that man. I never have. I don't care what he's done. Uh, but there you go. Uh, he is, uh, not using the strength and the might of the debt ceiling to stop the socialist agendas. But, uh, same old rhinos, right, Tam Growl? Same old rhinos, ladies and gentlemen. Same old cocaine mitches, ladies and gentlemen. All right. That takes us through the uh, first statement from President Trump. And uh, I hope everyone over at YouTube has enjoyed tonight's program. Uh, this is where uh, the show ends for you. So if you are over there at YouTube, uh, I do encourage you to go over to thecreport.com where you can uh, find another um, platform to live stream The Sea Report from because uh, we, we, we don't do it all the time at YouTube. Uh, you guys should be lucky we've even been there as long as we have. All right, YouTube, sayonara, and uh, we'll see you later. Have a good night, guys. This is Mr. C signing out from YouTube. Just kidding. That's going to be so dramatic. Oh, my God. Bye. Okay. All right. We are free of YouTube. That is like a weight off the old, uh, you know, uh, yoke there that's dragging me down to the ground uh, these days. <laughs> All right, guys, I hope you guys are having a great night out there, uh, far and away and uh, close and near. As uh, we get through to tonight's story, we are upon President Trump's second statement. Uh, his next statement it kind of lays into a, uh, a well-fit barrage about election integrity, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think the president is doing an ace job of keeping this topic alive within the realms of the mainstream fake news legacy media. 
Because Lord knows that they, uh, they don't want us to uh, be talking about this anymore. They're like, it's already been more than a year. They're like, typically Americans stop talking, talking about uh, particular subjects after one season. After two months, they're usually done talking about the elections. Why? It's been over a year. And they are still talking about election fraud. And they are still talking about the 2020 general election. You know, it's got to be annoying them. Uh, so uh, we, have, uh, we have a few statements from President Trump that are just going to keep that fire burning. Let's get at it. From the 30th of November, it says, uh, Interesting to watch the unselect committee go after the gentleman at the Department of Justice who thought the election was rigged, but not go after the people who did the rigging. Just look at the numbers that fake the fake news does everything possible not to report. They are overwhelming. The unselect committee itself is rigged, stacked with never-Trumpers. Republican enemies and two disgraced rhinos, Cheney and Kinsinger, who couldn't get elected dog catcher in their districts. Kinsinger has already quit. So President Trump most definitely enjoying picking on Kinsinger. Uh, enjoy picking those bones clean, uh, Senor Presidente. Uh, because, uh, you know, all of the pernicious fatty lies that Adam Kinsinger spread about uh, President Trump and did, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure made for quite an appetizing meal as justice was served. Uh, in a way to double down somewhat from that statement, uh, we have another one regarding election integrity. Now, that one, of course... Focusing around the January 6th false flag riot unselect committee uh, and uh, what should be the true nature of their investigation is what caused the riot. Uh, well, you know, they will never desire to release the truth about what caused that riot, uh, the fake false flag one. Anyways, um, but uh, the true origin of the protest, ladies and gentlemen, the true insurrection on November 3, the 3rd of November, President Trump makes yet another statement. Ladies and gentlemen, let's see what the president has to say. It's really interesting. Everybody wants me on television. I get the highest ratings by far. They need ratings to survive, and yet I put out a challenge to, to debate me about the massive election fraud which took place in the 2020 presidential election, and there are no takers. Think of it. Zero takers for the so-called rating machine. The reason is they know they can't win. All I have to do is lay out the facts. They are irrefutable. I've uh, supposedly won all my political debates, but this would be the easiest of them all. Swing state by swing state, they get decimated. This is the hoax and the scam and the crime of the century. Just remember, no takers. 
calling them out, calling them to the floor, ladies and gentlemen. They are, uh, yeah, they're not going to meet that challenge. We all know that for a fact. But that is funny, right? Calling them out still, still, still able to uh, present that idea that is just driving the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media crazy. And that again, ladies and gentlemen, is that there is a real big lie that they're not telling the truth about. Ladies and gentlemen, President Trump's uh, final statement is an endorsement. Well, a final statement for this round is an endorsement of one... Yet again, Wendy Rogers. So he's giving Wendy Rogers another endorsement. Uh, last I heard, uh, Soros is starting to uh, turn his money machine in her direction. Let's see what he has to say about uh, Senator Rogers. Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers is doing everything in her power to find out the uh, find out the truth of the 2020 election. And to hold people accountable, election fraud in Arizona, Wendy, uh, oh yeah, to hold everyone accountable for the election fraud in Arizona, Wendy is a MAGA warrior who loves our country and listens to her constituents. She has a truly great fighting spirit, is strong on law and order, securing our border and gun rights. Wendy Rogers has my complete and total endorsement for re-election to the Arizona State Senate because she fights. Yes, this is something that is absolutely known about Wendy Rogers, ladies and gentlemen. Well, good for her getting a second endorsement. Uh, one of those endorsements that I can stand behind, uh, I do uh, applaud and admire Senator Rogers for the work that she's doing and being as vocal as she is about the fraud and the felony and the treason that was committed in the 2020 general elections as proven by the Arizona Forensic Audit. So yes, a great series of statements regarding election fraud, the 2020 uh, general election, the fraud that occurred on those nights, the real insurrection, YouTube, that's why we had to let you go. Let's talk about this statement. Okay. Told you we had a, we had a, uh, we had a plethora of President Trump statements for tonight. This statement says, if Democrats don't immediately stop smash and grab robberies, which are taking place in their cities, the National Guard must be called out. There has never been such a thing that has happened in our country. Large numbers of stores are leaving San Francisco and other cities. Some chains are closing. Most of the stores. It is uh, all not even believable. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, that I think has been one of the, uh, I think for me anyways, one of the more surprising, interesting uh, things. You know, we expect to see the looting during like the Antifa and Black Lives Matters 
temper tantrums, you know, where they start going on a riot and they want to destroy society, right? Um, but on the casual, on almost any day of the week, uh, there are stories and video of people just casually walking into whatever store their heart has a desire or a uh, envy for and just steal things and walk out like nothing, okay? Like, this, th on the casual, it's almost as if, though, it's encouraged. Nobody seems to be getting in trouble. No accountability seems to be happening in any of these instances. I've seen dozens of them. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you have too. Uh, yep, just gonna casually walk out here with uh, two 75-inch screen TVs and a basket of, uh, I don't know, like uh, fabric softener and detergent. And, and just walk on over to our car and just leave, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, how about go into, uh, you know, like a basic Gucci store or a, uh, a Louis Vuitton, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they go and they, they steal those Fendi's, ladies and gentlemen, in New York. Uh, I think New York, California, Chicago... Those are probably the worst hit areas for all of this type of activity. It's insane. Uh, it actually prompted me to uh, send this tweet out. Because uh, Lord knows that whenever I'm on Twitter, I like to harass people. Okay, or troll them. Mm, I like to consider it smart trolling. I don't, I don't get mean or uncivil. <laughs> but you know Louis Vuitton has had Black Lives Matter you know, uh, type of, um, support and commercials. We put to at Louis Vuitton, yo ass keeps getting looted. Hashtag black lives matter. Hashtag BLM. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> it's fun to do a little bit of trolling on the socials. They've had Black Lives Matter campaigns before Louis Vuitton has. I mean, no one would be dead wearing a Louis Vuitton or Gucci, but uh, every, all, every hoodlum out there seems uh, to, uh, to be attracted to this, this tacky, tacky, uh, you know, uh, style or fad or, or, or fashion, anyways. Uh, fun, fun, fun little reprieve there, ladies and gentlemen, with that uh, President Trump statement. About the looting, the looting that has not stopped to this day, ladies and gentlemen. All right, well, let's see what this, oh, this is where we start getting to some fun stuff here, ladies and gentlemen. Congress, Congresswoman Ilhan, they, someone did something somewhere, Omar, should apologize for marrying her brother committing large-scale immigration and election fraud, wishing death to Israel and for essentially abandoning, abandoning her former country, which doesn't even have a government exactly what she'd like to see for the United States. Uh, President Trump making uh, some passes at Ilhan Omar. <laughs> Uh, thus the power of the statement that President Trump puts out. Uh, good stuff, because, uh, I mean, you know, you hear, you hear 
America First Patriots and, uh, you know, uh, people out there on the socials calling out Ilhan Omar, not just for the uh, blatant election fraud and uh, schemes that they play in her district, but for all of the salacious uh, breaches of honor and law that this woman has participated in. It's ridiculous that she could even still be in America. Uh, but leave it to Mr. President Trump to go ahead and uh, put that back into the spotlight. Just like Ghislaine Maxwell, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why we will be talking about her uh, in just a few minutes. We will jump over to the trial uh, that is biggest this side of the millennia. Ghislaine, 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 Ghislaine. Maxwell. But uh, we got to finish up with this President Trump statement. Oh, we already read it. Ilhan Om. What's going on with the old terrorist sympathizer known as uh, Ilhan? Someone did something. Omar. Okay. Uh, we know. Oh, there she is with her post face. This is this face right here, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who cannot see it on the podcast. This is the attacking, uh, attacking stance of the RBF, ladies and gentlemen. When an RBF is ready to attack, this is what you, this is called the pulse face. They're like, pulse. <laughs> ready to strike. Moving from RBF to uh, striking pulse. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. If you're on the podcast side, you just can't see it. How about this one? How about anti-Semite of the year? I had no idea that Ilhan Omar won the uh, 2018-2019 anti-Semite award of the year. I, I just did not know that she had won that year, guys. Who could have known? Right about uh, Ilhan Omar. Oh goodness, this poor woman. Monkey toes. I agree with your sentiments. Uh, good evening, Groucho the second. How are you, monkey? Uh, oh, blue rents at blue rents. Good to see you as well, friend. Thank you for gifting that cookie. Donations most appreciated here at the C Report, Mister CTV. You know, if you're hanging out over at pill.net or you're hanging out over at the foxhole.app, gold pill donations most definitely appreciated. And not only do they support your uh, content creators, they also support the platform. So it's like you're, you know, striking two birds with but one stone anytime you uh, toss a cookie or a fleet my way, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone, everyone benefits ladies and gentlemen and we also do uh, donations via cash app or paypal if you're watching live and you would like to make that type of a donation uh just look at the little ticker taper uh thing down there and uh you can get those handles for cash app and also for paypal all right thank you again uh, good to see you guys in the audience tonight and sean joe thank you for tossing that cookie my friend all right, let's talk about Ilhan so we can move off of this topic, this is sordid topic of Ilhan Omar, ladies and gentlemen. And we can move on to bigger and better things. Uh, 
Uh, let's just, we'll just, we'll peruse briefly this article from the Washington Examiner that talks about, you know, we haven't really done a, uh, an Ilhan Omar report here at the Sea Report. Like, we haven't really done a report on her. Uh, she was pretty much, uh, you know, uh, yesterday's news by the time we uh, got things rolling over here at the Sea Report. You know, she hasn't really done a whole lot than that she hasn't already been uh, called out for. I think I think the last time really was whenever we were talking about the election fraud occurring in her district, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because after all, uh, that was a pretty, pretty, pretty bad a ballot harvesting operation. I mean, it was almost abusive, ladies and gentlemen, what they were doing over there. And little, uh, what is it called? A little Ethiopia, or what do they call it over there? Little Somalia. Yeah, little Somalia. Uh, okay, so the valid concerns regarding Ilhan Omar and extremism... This is fresh from December uh, 2nd. Okay, so let's see what uh, the Washington Examiner had to say about Iljan Omar. Someone did something. United States Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado and Representative Ilhan Omar of Little uh, Somalia talked on the phone Monday about Boebert's recent comments connecting Islam to terrorism. Oh, she didn't. Did she? The call did not go well. The Democrat Omar hung up on the Republican Boebert when Boebert refused to apologize publicly for her remarks. Okay, Uh, let's see what else this says here. I will uh, fearlessly continue to put America first. You go, girl. You go. All right. It continues. It is wrong to tie Islam um, automatically to terrorism. But Omar herself does have a questionable history of anti-American comments and odd legislative actions when it comes to radical Islamic terrorism. First, unquestionably, the overwhelming majority of Muslims do not condone or honor radical Islamic terrorists and those who associate with them, nor do they try to create an equivalence between the actions of terrorist groups and official U.S. government actions Yet Omar has a disturbing pattern of behavior regarding radical Islamic terrorism. For example, Bobert insinuated that Omar has ties to Islamic... Hey! Jeez Louise. Okay, sorry about that. I got booted from a page. Okay, here we go. Uh, Let's see here. As we were saying, uh, Omar has ties to Islamic extremists, which she absolutely does. In 2019, the Washington Free Beacon reported that Omar participated in fundraisers with groups that have been tied to the support of terrorism. If you want to know why Omar is repeatedly linked to such extremism, examine Omar's history. Oh, lordy. We could most definitely definitely sprawl into this story. Uh, Tam Gral says, why hasn't Sharia law ended her life? I mean, marrying her brother, marrying a white man, smoking, etc., all hated by Sharia. Well, Tam Gral, that just might go to show that Sharia might be a little bit more diverse than we Westerners originally thought. 
JK, JK, I really have no idea, to be quite honest with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sharia should have just torn her down. Uh, any of those religious uh, police officers or, uh, you know, spiritual uh, cops should have just come over here and destroyed her for having, uh, you know, um, broken Sharia law. But honestly, I couldn't tell you, ma'am. I don't know why, but she has broken quite the law. Now, as far as sleeping or marrying her brother, I don't know if that's necessarily against Sharia law. But uh, anyhow, Peeled by the Rabbit, it's good to see you, friend, in the audience. How are you doing tonight? And you check out this uh, Rush Limbaugh tie I'm wearing. Hope you're doing well, Mr. Peeled by the Rabbit. And... Uh, my heart, prayers, and love go out to your family, sir. Let's go ahead and jump back into this um, uh, story here about uh, one Ilhan Omar. Someone did something. Someone did something. What the media do not report is that there are many Muslims who are uh, staunchly opposed to Omar, her legislative history, her rhetoric, and her behavior. Dalia Al-Akidi, an Iraqi refugee journalist and senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy, has made the same claim. She has called Omar a disgrace to every American Muslim who believes in freedom. Al-Akidi has been very critical of Omar's past. She ran against her for Congress in 2020, but lost. Okay. And then uh, here's a photo of uh, Omar meeting uh, uh, President Erdogan, right? Uh, yeah, we can see how that definitely uh, puts some um, benefit to her doubt. Don't think so, really. Uh, but just to uh, kind of wrap this up with Omar... Uh, Omar has repeatedly used what should be considered anti-American rhetoric and behavior. Most infamously, she brushed off the Al-Qaeda terrorist attack of 9-11 with the comment, Some people did something. Another time, Omar likened the U.S. foreign policy to the actions of the terrorist groups Hamas and the Taliban, tweeting, We have seen unthinkable atrocities committed by the U.S., Hamas, Israel, Afghanistan and the Taliban. Omar voted against a bill in 2017 when in Minnesota's legislature that denied life insurance benefits to terrorists. She voted against that. So she thinks that uh, terrorists deserve to have life insurance benefits. Omar also refused to support a bill recognizing the Armenian genocide Omar Ilhan, someone did something, Durka Durka, ladies and gentlemen. Why is she still here? Really? The C Report is 100% listener supported. If you enjoy the broadcasting that we bring to you with the C Report and other shows on this podcasting platform, we ask that listeners lend their support. Become a monthly donor when you go to anchor.fm slash the C report slash support or click on the support button over there at the anchor.fm slash the C report website. 
where you can help sustain future episodes of the Sea Report and other broadcasting on this podcast station. Every bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, I thank you for your support. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Ilhan Omar. We're done with her now. We are done with Omar's Ilhan. Someone did something. It is time to move on to Ghislaine, 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 Ghislaine Maxwell, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We can't ignore her all week long. After all, uh, this is a six-week trial. And uh, they have been uh, moving steadily, taking testimony from uh, victims slash accusers. Keep in mind that there is no court TV for the proceedings. Uh, And, uh, well, we have to depend on these uh, crudely drawn sketches done in uh, charcoal, pastel, and chalk. There might be a little bit of a Sharpie in there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what you get. Do you think these pieces will be uh, worth more than a uh, Parmesan-encrusted Biden later on, ladies and gentlemen? What do you think? I don't know. But uh, peeps have been wanting to talk about Ghislaine. We can't keep ignoring her, so uh, what is going on? We're finally here with Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, Those were some of the... uh, finer and more common uh, points of the case so far. Uh, Today would be, what, day four or day five, if you uh, don't count the jury selection on Monday, right? So um, we've had a pilot speak. We've had uh, an abused accuser speak. I think we have had uh, two now. We've got some articles to spill through. Uh, We've got some new perspectives to take in, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, uh, members of the press are uh, the ones that we are staunchly relying on to share this information as it is not an open trial, so to speak. Uh, So, you know, we're finding articles every day. Some of them, uh, you know, are in reverse, so to speak, where we've got uh, different little tidbits, different little perspectives, different little uh, facets of the trial popping up hither and thither, where uh, one news venue might um, make one point important, another news venue will bring an entirely different perspective or point of view or angle. So uh, kind of just going through all of those, ladies and gentlemen, let's see where we start. Oh, there is the... uh, there is the uh, socialite, the socialista, Glein, Glein, Glein. We'll get her back here again. There she is again. Poor woman. You don't wear gloss on a sun-burned foundation. Okay, all right. Let, let's get her out of there. Get her out of there. We've got enough. I just want everyone to know we're talking about Ghislaine, okay? So, uh, trial of the century. Hello, everyone. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, here comes the next one. Let's see what we got. Epstein's former pilot testifies about shuttling Clinton, Trump 
and spacey. All right, let's see what this article has to say. This one's going to take us back to November 30th, okay? So we're going to hop back till Tuesday. All right, today is Friday. Now, we had, um, again, a, trial, a jury selection on Monday, finishing up. We had the pilot and a victim speaking on Tuesday. Okay. Now, what does this article have to say? Because we, uh, we haven't touched this perspective on the pilot. We do know he spoke. We do know he mentioned uh, President Trump, right? Which is supposed to be the big old end all here, right? Let's dirty up that name. Epstein's former pilot testifies about shuttling Clinton, Trump, and Spacey. It says, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's pilot of almost 30 years recalled shuttling several bold-faced acquaintances of the disgraced financier, as well as meeting one of the girl's prosecutors, uh, say this was, uh, say was just 14 years old when Epstein began abusing her. Lawrence uh, Visosky Jr. said on his second day testifying in the sex trafficking trial of Epstein's ex-girlfriend, Glenn Maxwell, that a mature woman with striking blue eyes identified by prosecutors as Jane, was brought by Epstein to the cockpit sometime in mid-1990s in Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, Visosky also said that Epstein once asked him to fly the jet to Traverse City, Michigan, where the Interlochen Center for the Arts for Gifted Children is located to pick up luggage Prosecutors say Jane, a singer, was about 14 when she met Epstein and Maxwell at Interlochen while sitting on a park bench during a break. The jury was shown flight logs and birth certificates of alleged victims. Prosecutors are only identifying the alleged victim under uh, pseudonyms and have argued Maxwell and Epstein met Jane at the camp in about 1994 and later lured her to his Florida home where he began sexually abusing her. Maxwell is charged with trafficking girls for abuse by Epstein and participating in some of the abuse herself. She is pleaded not guilty and denies all the charges. Under cross-examination by Maxwell's lawyer, Chris Everdale, Vivisovsky's, uh, said he, uh, Vivisovsky said he never saw any females who appeared to be under the age of 20 during the three decades he piloted Epstein's various planes, nor any illegal activity aboard when he'd uh, leave the cockpit to use the restroom. He also testified to the high society uh, that Epstein and Maxwell kept, naming several famous passengers that he flew. Though the names aren't new, he recalled comedian Chris Tucker, actor Kevin Spacey, and former presidents Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. Clinton flew on the Epstein planes a couple of times in the 90s, and Trump, he said, flew more than once. So that, ladies and gentlemen, just to uh, give us a little bit more meat on those bones about this uh, pilot. I don't think that's the only one that we got. Uh, this article here, Jeffrey Epstein's pilot dishes on flights with Donald Trump, but claims he never saw underage girls. So uh, I think these articles here, like this second one that I have for you guys, really just goes to highlight how they're going to constantly be throwing President Trump's name into the quagmire here. 
But you'll also keep in mind that none of these articles say that he was with underage girls. None of these articles say that he was left alone or that the victims even uh, accused President Trump. Not like we saw them uh, talking about with Prince Andrew. You know, not like we saw them talking about with Jeffrey Epstein, where they're accusing Jeffrey Epstein of these things. They're accusing Prince Andrew of these things. And they're saying, oh, yeah, we saw President Trump, but they're not saying that he abused him. They're not even saying that he necessarily kept company of any type with them. You know, none of that is what they're saying, but they're going to keep on throwing President Trump's name in to the quagmire just to keep his uh, keep his uh, presence dirty. Ladies and gentlemen, as it says here, for example, you know, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's longtime pilot took the stand in Ghislaine Maxwell's sex trafficking trial and claimed he never saw underage girls on Epstein's private planes, but he revealed that former President Donald Trump was among the famous passengers who flew with the pedophile multimillionaire who also jetted around the world with Britain's Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, and former astronaut John Glenn. So again, you'll never hear them say, oh, well, they accused President Trump or, oh... You know, uh, there was some uh, uh, party activity or atmosphere going on at the same time. Uh, But that is basically what you see here coming out again with this pilot. Uh, Let's see here. This story comes uh, from uh, today, it seems, a bit earlier. Uh, Jurors at Maxwell trial shown Epstein's massage table photo of sex toys. Ladies and gentlemen, this might not be safe for children. If they're in the room, cover their ears. Uh, Pictured here in this uh, charcoal pastel, one massage table and uh, Ghislaine Maxwell looking rather muzzled. Uh, Judge um, uh, uh, Judge, uh, Neil Allison, uh, Nathan Allison watching on. There you go. Ghislaine in her turtleneck. This is uh, probably one of the prosecutors, no, probably one of the defendants, uh, defenders, uh, not the prosecutors. Who's this? Kevin Maxwell and Isabel, the brother and sister of Ghislaine. Kevin and Isabel. Teresa Helm arrives at court during the fifth day of the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell the Jeffrey Epstein associate accused of sex trafficking in the Manhattan borough of New York City, New York. We're looking at photos uh, for those of you on the podcast. All right. Photos and drawings, sketches of the the, uh, trial. A green massage table seized from Jeffrey Epstein's Palm Beach estate was carried into a Manhattan federal courtroom on Friday where British socialite Ghislaine Maxwell is on trial for her alleged role in the sex abuse of underage girls. Prosecutors have said many of Epstein's encounters with teenagers began as a massage before escalating, calling the term massage a ruse to get girls to touch Epstein. All right. Maxwell's pleaded not guilty, yada, yada, yada. It's a scapegoat. It's a proxy Epstein trial, yada, yada, yada. That's what she's going to keep on saying. Let's see here. It says, uh, Jeffrey Parkinson 
a retired police officer involved in the uh, 2005 search as part of an investigation into Epstein's conduct, testified on the fifth day of Maxwell's trial that he carried the massage table from Epstein's estate. Prosecutor Maureen Comey also showed jurors a photo of a box labeled Twin Torpedoes that a colleague of Parkinson's, Michael Dawson, said contained sex toys taken from an upstairs closet. We were looking for massage tables. We were looking for massage oils. We were looking for sex toys. We were looking for correspondence, Dawson testified on Friday afternoon. The demonstration, demonstrations came after Epstein's former house manager, Juan Alessi, completed his own testimony. Alessi had testified on Thursday that Epstein was receiving about three massages every day by the time he left his job in 2002. He said he sometimes found sex toys while cleaning the massage room and stored them in Maxwell's bathroom. Alessi called Maxwell the lady of the house at the Palm Beach property, saying she often directed him to schedule Epstein's massages and that he sometimes drove her on scouting missions to spas to find new therapists for Epstein. A woman who identified herself as Jane testified this week that she frequently massaged Epstein at the Palm Beach home while she was a teenager in the mid-90s. Uh, she said Epstein often touched her sexually during their encounters in which Maxwell sometimes participated. Epstein sometimes paid her, she added. Alessi testified that Jane's real name was in a directory he kept of Epstein's masseuses. He also said that before Epstein and Maxwell arrived in Florida for the weekend, the house staff was instructed to place several $100 bills in Epstein's cars. Maxwell's attorneys on Friday sought to challenge Jane's recollection of the events when cross-examining Alessi. They questioned his recollection of having met Jane in 1994 when she said she was first abused at 14, pointing to an earlier statement he made that he met her years later when she might have been of legal age. Alessi replied that he did not remember the precise year he met Jane. Maxwell's trial is expected to resume on Monday. And last in to January... So through the eyes of this uh, article, ladies and gentlemen, we learn another individual, the Palm Beach property manager, a man by the name of Alessi, Juan Alessi, has also testified during this trial. You see how difficult this is when you don't have a courtroom TV presence? The pilot, an accuser, a property manager have all testified. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, things seem to be moving along quite speedily, at least in that regard. Yeah, uh, let's, let's get all of this first stuff wrapped up in the first week and a half so we can focus on the uh, human trafficking enterprise and all of the, uh, all of the uh, people who uh, purchased and or sold with uh, one Epstein. Let's get to that, ladies and gentlemen, by all means. Let's get to that. This uh, article here, just to uh, flavor up the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, let's go ahead and uh, do some more uh, Ghislaine Maxwell-related stories. Ghislaine Maxwell trial, Jeffrey Epstein had nude photos, paintings of young women inside Palm Beach home. This story from Fox News, Maxwell trial jurors shown video of nude photos, paintings inside the Epstein's Palm Beach home. Uh, we'll skip the video. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we'll skip the video. 
Go away, sir. Uh, it says, uh, let me go ahead and expand that. You know, you know, I like to keep it legible. Jurors at the New York sex abuse trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, the ex-girlfriend and longtime associate of Jeffrey Epstein, were shown a law enforcement videotape of the interior of a Florida estate where prosecutors say she and the financier exploited underage victims when the pair lived there together. The video, which played for the panel of jurors on Friday afternoon, was shot during a 2005 raid at the Palm Beach home, which was decorated with nude photos and paintings of young women. Decor that federal prosecutors in Manhattan claim is proof of sexualized atmosphere encouraged by Maxwell, Epstein's partner in crime. Here's a photo of Maxwell. Uh, I should say a photo of a sketch of Maxwell. I guess uh, Maxwell was watching uh, Project Runway or something like that, as you might be able to see on the screen there. Maxwell, a British socialite, etc., the government also says she helped to create a sexualized atmosphere by talking with the girls about sex and encouraging them to give Epstein massages. A woman identified as Jane testified this week that she had sexual interactions with Epstein at age 14 with Maxwell in the room and sometimes participating. Of course, Maxwell denies it. Of course, Epstein supposedly kills himself. So all this stuff coming out again, the housekeeper, the manager. Oh, wait, this is someone else. On Friday, the former housekeeper, Epstein housekeeper, Juan Patricio Alessi. Oh, it's the same guy. Returned to the witness stand. So Juan Alessi, yes, on Friday did this. So we've got several people who have testified. A lawyer for the British socialite sought to discredit Alessi. We heard, we read about that. So uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, sex toys and property managers. For Ghislaine Maxwell and friends, it seems. What's this article have to say? This is from the Daily Mail. Jeffrey Epstein's access to the Clinton White House laid bare. Visitor logs reveal pedophile visited the former president at least 17 times, including a dozen in 1994 and twice in one day on three separate occasions. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. This seems like quite the scoop. Visitor logs obtained exclusively by DailyMail.com reveal pedophile Jeffrey Epstein visited the White House at least 17 times during Bill Clinton's first term between 1993 and 1995. The uh, documents uh, released as part of a FOIA request show Epstein was admitted as a guest on 14 separate days and on three occasions made two visits in a single day. The vast majority of Epstein's visits were to the West Wing. Suggested he was meeting with the president. The late financier was invited by some Clinton's most senior advisors and aides, including Robert Rubin, who later served as Clinton's treasury secretary. While Epstein's crimes did not become public knowledge until his 2006 arrest, the visits would have occurred around the time his alleged Madame Ghislaine Maxwell was allegedly procuring underage girls for him. According to logs, Epstein was first admitted as a guest in February 25th, 1993, just a few months after Clinton's inauguration. After being invited by Robert Rubin at the time, <coughs> assistant to the president of economic policy. He next visited on September 29th, 1993 for a reception organized by the White House Historical Association after he donated $10,000 
while he was photographed attending with Ghislaine Maxwell. Crazy, guys. So this is a FOIA request. This article is dated December 2nd, yesterday, 2021. Uh, let's see here. The documents reveal that the vast majority of Epstein's visits stated that he was going to the West Wing, meaning there was a strong uh, likelihood he was meeting with Clinton. Here's uh, Clinton and uh, Epstein. There's Clinton and Ghislaine. I mean, I'm sorry, Epstein and Ghislaine. Ghislaine and Epstein. There we go. There's the uh, Chasing Ghislaine documentary some of you guys were talking about. So the Jeffrey Epstein's visits to the White House, the Clinton White House, uh, February 25th, February 29th, December 17th, December 21st, uh, March 24th, April 20th, April 21st, April 25th, May 13th, June 6th, July 28th, September 26th, October 27th. That's between uh, 93 and 95, and also on January 28th. The last day he's in, uh, right? Isn't that the last day he's in office before they switch it over to the uh, new president? Anyways, so that's kind of a timeline there about Epstein and Clinton. So uh, more information, guys. And then uh, Ghislaine's also involved in this. So how does this figure into her trial? Ladies and gentlemen, here's another photo. Ghislaine Maxwell, Bill Clinton, and Jeffrey Epstein. Very interesting, guys. Very interesting. So you can tell we're not going to go through all of this. But there is, there's another Epstein and Clinton photo. A lot of information here, guys. A lot of information This is a total dissection. Maybe we'll look at this at another time. This looks like a good article, guys. So uh, this article, again, let me go ahead and tell you. I think it was a Daily Mail. Yeah, dailymail.com.uk, if I'm not mistaken. Jeffrey Epstein's access to the Clinton White House. We'll dissect, we will dissect this article maybe on another soon, soon time. We'll do it soon, ladies and gentlemen. Railing on, good evening and thank you, sir. Come on and come on and thank you for the uh, for the gold pill donations over there in pill.net. There she is, ladies and gentlemen, Ghislaine Maxwell. This woman is so crazy that she takes, uh, she sketches drawings of the uh, sketch artist while that person is drawing her. Can you say creepy, ladies and gentlemen? Creepazoid. Creepazoid. All right. What do we got next, guys? Uh, oh, we skipped some pictures. Oh, no. We ain't doing that now. Bam! <laughs> Who is that big old tub of love on the screen, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> This, my friends, is uh, the Honorable uh, Former Justice uh, Michael Gableman, okay? Yeah, for those of you who are like, who is this, uh, who is this guy that looks totally lost and verklempt? 
Uh, kind of like, I don't know what happened with my breakfast tacos this morning. Or perhaps a look of indigestion, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Why is Gableman on the screen? Because we're going to talk... Oh, uh, in case y'all didn't realize it, we are done with Ghislaine Maxwell and her trial. As the article said, it will resume on Monday. And we'll take a look at some other stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Gableman. Gableman, let's talk about uh, Wisconsin fraud, ladies and gentlemen. This is the reason why we shut down YouTube tonight. Because we have some more evidence. We have some more news. We have some more stories. Not misinformation. It's not like this is fiction. We're peddling here, ladies and gentlemen. We're sharing news stories, Susano, over there at YouTube. Just so you recognize... That this is uh, information sharing. Information sharing. Now, the story of one Michael Gableman and the Wisconsin Forensic Audit is actually a pretty interesting one, if not somewhat belabored. Uh, Michael Gableman has been on the case, ladies and gentlemen, since like... Spring? Maybe spring? Has it been about since spring? Do you guys remember... I know some of you guys were in the uh, summertime. It had to have been summertime. You guys were in the audience, some of you, when we were talking about Michael Gableman. And uh, we were talking about uh, Speaker Robin Voss, the good old rhino, doing the uh, fourth forensic audit call in Wisconsin. Trying to make it a point to uh, bring the election integrity that his constituents are asking and asking and asking for. And uh, Robin Voss gets, what, uh, three former police detectives that then suddenly just drop out or no longer want to be a part of it. So he gets this man, Michael Gableman, to do, to single-handedly do a job that it took dozens of volunteers to complete in Arizona, a full-on forensic audit. So we here at the Sea Report had questions, naturally, ladies and gentlemen, uh, surrounding this Michael Gableman, surrounding the intentions of Speaker Robin Voss, and surrounding uh, the true um, activities or the goal of those uh, police officers that they originally sucked, uh, suck, sucked, sicked, sicked, they sicked on them, that they originally sicked on the forensic audits, the ones that uh, then disappeared, right? The ones that chose not to participate. Um, the question that we had here at the Sea Report primarily was this. Are these detectives, is this, uh, this uh, judge here, is it their job to actually do an audit and uh, an investigation through an audit? Or are they investigating something else? Are they looking at perhaps another avenue of fraud in the 2020 general election for the state of Wisconsin? And uh, they're using the ruse of a forensic audit for them to uh, begin their work behind, you know, behind uh, enemy lines. Okay. Uh, Reggie V, thank you for gifting the can. Good evening. Sean Joe, thank you again for that cookie. Tra Tam Growl says, I love this judge. I don't know, Tam Growl. Let me tell you what. I mean, we, we may have a reason to love this judge. This is that good news, Tam Growl. Uh, by the end of this story. Uh, but at the beginning of this story. You know what they say. If it's bitter at the beginning, it's sweet at the end. It was pretty bitter. 
Uh, we had Rhino Robin Voss just doing nothing. You want to talk about doing nothing? This man has been doing nothing to secure election integrity in the state of Wisconsin. He's uh, wasted a lot of time and resources, not to mention taxpayer money. You know, and then he gets three retired, uh, you know, police investigators who uh, vanish. Then he gets Michael Gableman. So let's take a, a quick look at uh, what they're saying is going on here with Michael Gableman. And then uh, we'll share our concerns. This is up to the date, up to the moment. Information about fraud. Now, let's keep in mind, guys. We have Racine, Wisconsin, where uh, we have the uh, Wisconsin Election Commission coming under fire. Now we have Gableman seeking to jail two mayors if they don't sit for interviews as part of his partisan election review. This is coming from the Milwaukee Journey, uh, Journal Sentinel. Uh, it says, uh, an attorney for Assembly Republicans is seeking to jail the mayors of Madison and Green Bay, if they don't sit for depositions soon. So it sounds like they're having trouble in paradise in Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen. And you know, uh, the mayors should be held accountable for the election fraud. They played a huge part in it, ladies and gentlemen. They're the ones who allowed the Center for Tech and Civic Living. They're the ones who allowed the National Vote at Home Association enter into their cities and take over their elections, which is against state law. They're the ones who let Michael Spitz Rubenstein go into election uh, counting rooms with no one present. They're the ones who gave them a key, gave him a key to uh, the county recorder's office to basically run the elections. Again, a huge, huge mis miscarriage of justice in Wisconsin when they're violating these state laws. And now we have Michael Gableman, whom I was like, look at this judge. Does he look like he's in any condition to count any amount of ballots, ladies and gentlemen? No, he does not, Michael Gableman. Uh, but instead of doing a forensic audit, instead of picking up each one of those, uh, you know, ballots of ballots to do a count, Michael Gableman is trying to uh, depose the mayors of Madison and Green Bay. And this is a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. We already know the mayor of Madison is the one who first took the proverbial bite of Zuckerberg's apple. And uh, we are not uh, cross. Uh, we are not cross contaminating, contaminating uh, you know, uh, uh, deep state uh, enterprises, Apple and uh, Facebook here. But uh, Madison's the first county they took that bite of Zuckerberg's apple, and before you knew it, he was donating millions of dollars in the name of uh, propping up progressive and Democrat areas making them uh, way more easier and accessible for voting and ignoring conservative areas. Oh, that's not fair. That kind of looks like you might be trying to, uh, I don't know, fix an election. So, um, okay. All right. All right, Gableman. We'll give you that, sir. Because after all, uh, I thought you were going to just sit there and uh, smack your fingers like you've been eating cheesy poofs all day long. But apparently not. 
let's see here. It says a lawyer for Green Bay. Let me go and expand that. Green Bay's mayor fired back Thursday, saying he planned to pursue legal sanctions against Michael Gableman, the former state Supreme Court justice who is overseeing the Republican review of the election. Gableman this week sought court orders requiring Madison Mayor Satya Rhodes Conway and Green Bay Mayor Eric Genrich to answer his questions or be jailed if they decline to do so. In his filings, he contended the pair had defied his request that they meet with him in November. The two have disputed they were required to meet with him then. Jeffrey Mandel, a lawyer for Green Bay, sent a letter to Waukesha County Circuit Judge Ralph Ramirez saying Gableman's legal work was so shoddy that he would seek legal sanctions against Gableman. Mandel argued Gableman had filed the wrong kind of lawsuit in the wrong court. The type of case Gableman brought should only be used when private individuals have dispute over money, Mandel contended. Based on our initial review, the petition is not only lacking in legal merit and built upon a gross distortion of the relevant facts, but it departs so greatly from legal standards that uh, Mayor Genrich intends to serve the special counsel with a motion for sanctions, Mandel wrote, using Gableman's formal title. In October, Mandel sent Gableman's chief of staff a letter saying he understood Gableman was not immediately seeking testimony from Green Bay officials, Gableman's team did not respond to that letter, so Genrich had no reason to think he needed to meet Gableman, Mandel wrote. Similarly, similarly, Madison City Attorney Michael Haas on November 2nd sent Gableman a letter telling him he understood from past discussions with Gableman's team that no one from Madison was required to testify unless we are provided with a more specific scope of inquiry. Of course they want to know a more specific scope and reach an agreement on other details, such as the format and length of any deposition. Hosted Gableman never responded to that letter. Rhodes Conway has repeatedly said she would happily discuss how the 2020 election was conducted, but believes her testimony should be given publicly, not behind closed doors, as Gableman has insisted on. On Thursday, she accused Gableman's team of having an abject lack of professionalism, we here in Madison remain ready to share the details of how we ran a safe and fair election during a global pandemic before the legislative committee where taxpayers can see how their money is being spent, she said in a statement. Gableman's findings complicate an already messy legal dispute over how he will conduct his review of the election. Democrat Attorney General Josh Call sued Gableman in Dane County Circuit Court in October to block subpoenas issued to the State Elections Commission, Gableman has argued in court fi filings that Call and the commission don't have the authority to sue him. Gableman filed his actions in Waukesha County, where his office is located. A hearing in the case against the mayors is scheduled for December 22nd. A hearing in the Dane County case is to be held the next day. Green Bay is seeking to have the Waukesha case thrown out, delayed, or combined with the Dane County case, according to Mandel's letter. Gableman filed his lawsuit on Monday and announced he had done so Wednesday during an appearance before the Assembly Elections Committee. Okay, say. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. This, this does not bode well for the uh, Wisconsin Elections Commission. This does not bode well for uh, the mayors of the Wisconsin Five. 
this does not bode well for the Center for Tech and Civic Living. If this Gableman is really going after what he's supposed to be going after, if he's really doing what he's supposed to be doing, uh, this is a surprising turn of events for Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it's, a, it's a turn of events that is worth note and uh, good to hear. Okay, so there's Gableman, right? He looks very, uh, he looks very capable, doesn't he? This Gableman. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so here's an article from back in October. Uh, where, this is from the Gateway Pundit. This is where we're talking about uh, Wisconsin Special Counsel Michael Gableman issuing subpoenas in his 2020 probe. Uh, we had to wonder then if these would be uh, warranted or if they would be effective. Uh, back then. Um, but this was uh, subpoenas uh, seeking all records related to the grants from the Center for Tech and Civic Life and a group funded by the Facebook uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. Um, and also uh, that's because, like I said, they are accused of taking over the administration of the presidential election in Green Bay and having undue influence on election administration in Milwaukee, Racine, Kenosha, and Madison, the Wisconsin Five, the five cities dubbed the Wisconsin Five submitted a joint bid for CTCL grant money. Um, Madison, the mayor there, being the first one to take the bite. Um, emails from former Green Bay City clerk Chris Teske revealed earlier this day that CTCL partner organization, the National Vote at Home Institute, had unlawfully taken over the administration of the city's election. You see that, guys? unlawfully taken over their elections, ladies and gentlemen. And this is uh, Michael Gableman in October jumping into action. You know, all of us still wondering, is this going to, you know, amount to anything, ladies and gentlemen, because after all, justice is slower than, uh, you know, a mountain ages. And that's pretty damn slow. Ladies and gentlemen, pretty damn slow. And then uh, this final document here, uh, this comes back from August. I told you it was summertime was when we first talked about Gableman, didn't I? Summer, fall. Uh, this is uh, where Speaker Voss first talked about uh, having Gableman on the team. In his statement, Speaker Voss right here says, uh, Assembly Republicans have been working with Justice Gableman to conduct a swift, complete, and thorough investigation. Part of our discussion has been focused on hiring independent contractors to enhance our efforts. We believe a cyber forensic audit is necessary to ensure issues did not happen in 2020. We have allocated additional resources to Justice Gableman to ensure this investigation gets to the truth. Uh, excuse me. And uh, that, as they say, is that. I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty good turn of events in uh, Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen. A pretty good turn of events in Wisconsin. All right, we're getting to the end of our report for today, ladies and gentlemen. We had some pretty good conversation about uh, Cocaine Mitch, about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, about... Michael Gableman and Wisconsin 2020 general election fraud. Let's uh, get the wrap on Juicy Smoulier as the uh, shortest and most ridiculous trial is uh, set to come to a conclusion soon. 
It's all curtains and tears for Juicy Smoulier, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he's at the end of his rope, so to speak. No pun intended, ladies and gentlemen. No pun intended, Juicy and your rope. No pun intended. Uh, let's see what uh, USA Today had to say. Again, these are the uh, articles of the dull-minded Americans. Juicy Smoulier trial state rests case after brothers testify. Empire star planned fake attack. So the brothers, uh, Osendero, Obimbo, and Dan Limbo, or whatever their names are, testifying, ladies and gentlemen, against one Juicy Smoulier. Nearly three years after Juicy Smoulier reported to police that he was the victim of a racist and homophobic attack, the ex-Empire actor's trial started Monday. Okay, we know this. All right. Smoulier, he's 39 years old. What? This boy's older than I am. I don't even believe it. Smoulier, 39, is charged with felony disorder conduct. Okay, we know that. I don't believe he's 39, but hey. So far in the trial, Smoulier's attorney, let me go ahead and expand this for you guys so you're not staring at me reading, was uh, Smoulier's attorney asserted that Smoulier was a real victim of a real crime while a lead investigator detailed how detectives went from thinking the attack was a horrible hate crime to concluding the ex-Empire actor had staged a hoax. Day four, state rests case. Alambinjo Osundero describes crazy idea to stage hoax. All right, Alambinjo. Ola Binjo. Let's see what you have to say. After a three-day presentation of evidence, Special Prosecutor Dan Webb, the presiding judge Thursday evening, um, told uh, that the prosecution was finished. The defense began its uh, case immediately after calling. Why isn't this working? Seriously. All right, guys, give me a second here real quick. <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> the screen, ladies and gentlemen. The screen. <coughs> Ooh, pardon me. Just one moment while I cough up a lung. Yeah. <coughs> okay. I think I'm still going to cough up a lung, but... <coughs> Sorry, my, uh, my screen has frozen, ladies and gentlemen. My screen does not know how to let it go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. That was, a, that was a lame joke. I know, I know. But here we go, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. All right, we're back in action, guys. Let's go ahead and carry on here. It says that... Uh, Olam Binjo Osundero took the stand earlier in the day to echo his brother Ambimbola's testimony the day before that Smolier requested they play assailants in the alleged staged attack. Olam Binjo said Smolier told him he received hate mail at the TV studio in Chicago, and he had this crazy idea of having two MAGA supporters attack him. 
Olabinjo believed the plan was to publicize the attack on social media, not to involve police. <clears throat> they opted to pour bleach on Smoulier, Olabinjo said, because he wasn't comfortable using gasoline. He said Smoulier wanted his brother to do the punching and that it should look like he fought back. Olambinjo also addressed the defense's contention that the brothers were driven by homophobia. He testified that he has nothing against gays and the jury was shown a photo of the siblings taking part in Chicago's 2015 Gay Pride Parade dressed as Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Sorry, guys, you're looking at my face. Sorry, They were dressed as Trojan warriors, guys. No pun intended because, you know, raw is law. At uh, the Chicago Pride Parade. Whoops. Uh, sorry, guys. Olambinjo also denied Smoulier's previous statements that a white person was ever involved. Or that, the, uh, that he and his brother even wore masks or makeup to make it appear they were white. During cross-examination, defense attorney Shay Allen asked Ambimbola Osundero who worked as a stand-in on the Chicago set of Empire if he tried to get a $5,000 per week job as Smoulier's security, and if after he was questioned by police and released, he told Smoulier he and his brother wouldn't testify at his trial if they were each paid $1 million. Ambimbolo responded, no, sir, to both. Um... In follow-up questioning by Webb, Ambimbolo said he never thought Smoulier would go to the police to report the fake attack as a real hate crime. He said Smoulier told him that he wanted to use it to generate media attention and that he has never lied to Chicago police. Alobinjo told jurors he talked to police without a promise of immunity or under any sort of favorable deal. He added it was simply just to get the truth out of what happened that night. Smoulier's legal team asked Alimbinjo about his previous felony conviction, which he testified Thursday was in 2012, for aggravated battery. As a convicted felon cannot legally possess a firearm, but police found several guns when they searched their home after the alleged attack. Both brothers agreed the guns belonged to Ambimbola. The defense said the brothers lied about Smoulier's staging the attack to get out of trouble for possessing the firearms and heroin. That was also found in the home. Then it talks about day three. Ambimbola Osundero testifies. Uh, Smoulier asked him, his brother, to stage the attack. So kind of uh, what we just recapped there. That's what's been going on. Okay. Does not look good for Smoulier. Even though Smoulier does not look 39. Does not look good for Smoulier. Okay. That's about the long and short of it, ladies and gentlemen, where uh, Juicy Smoulier is concerned. Yeah. Uh, defense attorney calls for mistrial and accuses judge of lunging at her. Judge denies claims and motion. Can you believe they're going, to, they're going this route already in this trial, guys, from CBS Chicago? Juicy Smoulier trial. Defense attorney calls for mistrial and accuses the judge of lunging at her. I'm judge. Right. Okay, I'm sure this happened. We're not going to even uh, dignify this article. Okay. But uh, a mistrial has been called by the defense attorney because the judge has lunged at her. Ladies and gentlemen. 
Can you say desperate? That is a uh, pretty desperate move, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So the Juicy Smoulier trial will be wrapping up rather quickly, probably in the next uh, day, uh, Monday. It'll probably wrap up Monday or Tuesday, wouldn't doubt it. Uh, So we will bring you guys all of the information as it comes out. Uh, We'll share that with you. We will uh, report it here for our dear viewers and listeners abroad. Our last story for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is a scientific one. Believe it or not, guys, what a blessing today. We're going to uh, break away from the everyday news here and uh, jump into some science news. This one regarding a uh, tiny little hot planet that's been discovered. Article is coming from the Epoch Times. A newly discovered exoplanet called GJ367b is what this article is all about. So hang on to yours. Hot little planet as dense as iron zips around red dwarf star dated December 3rd. Scientists have spotted one of the smallest planets ever discovered outside our solar system, a scorching hot world a bit larger than Mars and just about as dense as pure iron zooming around its home star every eight hours. The research uh, researchers said on Thursday they managed to detect the planet located a relatively close 31 light years from Earth and discern some of its important traits illustrating the improvements in recent years in the ability to characterize smaller-sized planets beyond our solar system. Scientists are eager to find exoplanets as these alien worlds are known that might harbor life. The newly discovered one called GJ367b certainly could not, possessing ferocious surface temperatures and perhaps a molten lava surface on the side facing its star, they said. But other smaller exoplanets found and studied using the same methods might emerge as good candidates for nurturing extraterrestrial life. A quarter century after the first exoplanet discoveries, scientists have turned toward characterizing them more precisely to gain a deeper understanding of their variety. From large gas giants akin to Jupiter to smaller, rocky Earth-like planets where life might thrive. Gas giants such as Jupiter as we know it, are not habitable because they have more extreme temperatures, weather, pressures, and a lack of essential building blocks to support life, said astronomer Christine Lamb of the Institute of Planetary Research at the German Aerospace Center, DLR, lead author of the study published in the journal Science. Unlike gas giants, small terrestrial worlds like Earth are more temperate and consist of important ingredients such as liquid, water, and oxygen to harbor life forms. Although not all terrestrial exoplanets are habitable, searching for smaller worlds and identifying the types of planets they are can help us understand how planets were formed What makes a planet habitable, and if our solar system is unique, GJ367b is the smallest exoplanet to be so precisely characterized. It has a diameter of 5,600 miles compared to Earth's uh, 7,900 miles and the 4,200 miles of Mars. 
Its mass is 55% that of Earth, and it is more dense near that of pure iron. The researchers calculated that 86% of GJ367b is uh, composed of iron with an interior structure resembling Mercury, the closest planet to our sun. They are wondering whether the planet lost an outer mantle that once encased its core. Pretty cool article, ladies and gentlemen, about another exoplanet. All right, guys, just thought we'd uh, conclude the night with a little bit of science. I believe in science. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another edition of The Sea Report. Don't forget to visit us over at thecereport.com. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to show some love over there. I'm going to do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, visit us over at our podcast. If you are uh, live with us here tonight over at Twitch or Clout Hub or Foxhole or Pilled, um, you know, uh, check out the podcast. You can subscribe for free. It's available on uh, most major podcast platforms and you will get every episode with uh, some pretty good sound quality and uh, stay up to date. Maybe you cannot have your eyes glued to the TV. Maybe you cannot be uh, texting in chat rooms. Maybe it's easier to listen to a show like this as you're going to sleep. I can put some people to sleep quite successfully. Anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget you can also support the broadcast over there with a monthly donation. Every bit helps and is much appreciated. Anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. All right, that brings us to conclusion for today. Make sure you tune in again. We'll be back on Monday for another week of reporting. I am your host, Mr. C. And uh, we will see you guys next time. You know what they say. Be safe. Be blessed. God bless America. We love you. Take care.